Mic check. Too bad I don't rap. <laughs> I thought you did. That's why I had you on. All right, well, I'm going to stop this conversation now. And welcome back to another episode of the Dude from Los Angeles podcast. And today on this beautiful, sunny uh, Tuesday afternoon, I was going to say Thursday because it feels like Thursday on the short week, uh, I have Miguel de los Rios. Dude, killer name, by the way, you know? (laughs) Right. Oh, dude, founder and CEO of Aguila Real uh, Spirits, you know, uh, Aguila Real Tequila. Right. And, man, let's start at the beginning, <laughs> where uh, your family is from. Yeah, my, fr- my, my, my f- uh, family originates from, um, I'm first generation, I was born in, uh-huh. um, Jesus, uh, in Monterey Park, of all places. Okay. Um, right okay. off Atlantic. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, my parents are from Jalisco. Mm-hmm. My dad's from Jalisco, from a small uh, town called um, General Figueroa. General Figueroa. Just south of Guadalajara, about okay. maybe about an hour away. And my, f- my mother's family originates from Ocotlan, Jalisco. Okay. But my mother was born and raised in Acaponeta, Nayarit. Andale. So I have some ties to Nayarit as well. The food is a beautiful great. place. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, beautiful place. It's, food is awesome. It's spectacular. The, fo- the people are great. Huh. Um, just the folklore, and, you know. And she has wonderful memories there, and it's just an amazing place to go back to. Right. I try to go as often as I can. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, how can you not? Except you know, when there's like crazy hailstorms or something in Guadalajara. Did you see the, that the is videos? So, you know, when I saw that initially, I thought I thought it was just some. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought somebody was like made up. I was like, it looks, you know, this looks is like fake news. This happened in one. <laughs> and this happened in one street. I, I and they're sound saying like it. somebody else, but yeah, yeah it sounds like fake news. It, it, it looks. Yeah, fake. and then um, I texted uh, my cousin that lives out there. Uh-huh. She lives in in Zapopan, near Zapopan, and she was like, "It's real. It's happening. Like this is incredible." And it was everywhere, right? It wasn't just because I saw I saw videos of it, like you know, the, the trailer going through like an underpass, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, this happened in a section of town where it got where it's flooded. really isolated." But no, no, I think it was a little more widespread than everybody thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. And then and then your parents came over here. You yeah, were born they, in they came out Park. here. My mother came when she was about fifteen, and um, my father did as well. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my mom came in a, with a student visa. My dad came uh, as well with a student visa, and they met in Boyle Heights. Oh, man. They met right off of Seventh Street and Soto. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they were they were neighbors. They, my mom was staying with uh, a aunt, and he was staying with his mother. Okay. Um, so I, for all intended purposes, I grew up right across from Salesian High School. Oh yeah, by yeah. that parish. So I'm, yeah, I I was I, I my first home was 916 Breed and Whittier Boulevard. So that's as Boyle Heights as you get. Right, that's right adjacent to the bridge. Yeah, all the bridges and stuff right there. That's right. the area. And then Salesian, man. Oof. Yeah, I'm uh, I am definitely a, a Boyle Heights native. Yeah, when you said you know let's meet up here, it's like I know the place. Yeah. <laughs> So I know I know you know the place too, and I'm you know I'm a local too. Right. I didn't just move out until like I, I didn't move out anywhere great. You know, trust me. I, you know, I went down to South Central with <laughs> with my lady and her family, so it was kind of a no. no I was no, like, no, I no, miss no. Boyle Heights. I still get my haircuts here. You know, like you know, ninety percent it, 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 of my really, time it, here. This is um, this is uh, I've lived in I've lived in San Diego. I've lived in San Francisco. Uh-huh. I moved away 
you know, for work or for whatnot for different periods in my life. But home has always been Boyle Heights. I mean, when I drive through Boyle Heights, and even at one point when I lived in downtown, I lived on 6th and Flower, uh, I, would, I was still on the board of the YMCA in East L.A., and I would, I would, I would make any excuse to come out here uh, to drive through the streets and just kind of, I don't know, it's always been home. It's always been home, you know, uh, and, it'll, and it will always be. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then now let's talk about the love that created this 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 passion project, this this idea. What? How did it come about? It really is a passion Aguila, project. Aguila yeah. Tequila. Aguila Real. Real. Um, well, Aguila Real. Uh, the root started even um, before it even. I believe even before I really even thought or even imagined um, producing a tequila, uh-huh. a spirit. Uh, I think it stemmed from, um, like the name, for instance, like. Mm-hmm. For me, it was all, it, it all kind of like resonated, it all kind of made sense, and it all came together. Mm-hmm. And it said, if I could do this, then it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working for, uh, I was working for uh, Remy Martin at the time, and I was approached by really great folks. Uh, they owned a distillery out there, you know, for generations. And they approached me about representing them like I represent uh, Remy, Martin. Remy Martin. Uh-huh. And, um, and I said, well, I had a clause in my contract with my uh, clients that I represented. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd consider it. Okay, you know, we'd, let's have a conversation about it. And then, um, then the conversation turned into how much, uh, you know, m- what my rate was yeah. as a consultant. Um, and they kind of flat out told me, like, we can't afford you. I- Small company, or what yeah, yeah, it small- it's a small company, it's a small distillery. But it was just, I, I guess, you know, it's like everybody has their budgets or whatnot. Yeah. And then, uh, but they were just so nice. They're such nice people. They were just, they reminded me of my uncle. Uh-huh. They reminded me of my father. They reminded me, like, they were, like, just good people. And I said, you know, at the time, I was doing really well. I was consulting Remy, and I was consulting other uh, celebrities and artists and recording artists and athletes. And I was like, you know, money's not an issue right now for me, and I'm very blessed. And I said, just send me your stuff. And I'd be happy to consult. You know, just happy. Give me your stuff. I'll write up my notes. If you want to require a celebrity and artist to represent you, I can, I can represent you on your behalf um, on the contract and negotiations. And, and, and so be it. That's how it had turned into. And I did a couple of things for them. And it was just, that's how it worked out. And one day they were like, you know, we want to do something for you. And, you know, they, they asked me, uh, I show, they asked me, you know, at the time, I was a little overweight, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I eat too much. I'm like, no, I'm like, thank you. I feel you. I'm to- I totally feel you. At the time, I was like, no, the last thing I need is another meal right yeah. now. And then they invited me to the, um, the engine company, the, the engine company in downtown. And so I went, we sat down, we're having dinner, and that's when they kind of shared it with me. They're like, we want to do something for you again. And I'm like, like what do you want to do? They said, well, we want to, you know, we want to make we'd like to offer you like a tequila. And I didn't know what that meant. And I almost, I almost kind of, I think in my mind I said, you know, talk to me like a five-year-old. Like, I don't know what that means. Or like, exactly. what are you going to put like a bottle and put Miguel on a bottle? Like, what That's does that cool. mean? That's cool. I'll take that. They were that. like, no. They're like, it would be your brand. You would get to choose the taste and the profile and it would be your brand. And I, the room went quiet. And let me tell you, that room was full. Uh, it went quiet and I just, I never, just the possibility just never crossed my mind of owning my own spirit. 
how, how often does that happen? How often do people get approached, right, by distilleries? Um, to be like a- I don't, I don't, I don't think it happens very often. I think you, uh, most of the time, I think, um, I think you have to be very deliberate. You have to be uh-huh. very. It has to be something like you have to seek it out. Right. But in this instance, it kind of found me by. I don't know. It was kind of for me at that point. It was kind of like uh, you know, this was meant to be. This is uh-huh. this, this is this is happening right now. So I said, I looked at him instantly, and I said, "Can I? Well, let's let's. Uh, I want to visit your distillery." I looked at him. Can somebody pick me up? Uh, you know, next week at the distillery, uh-huh. and they're like, "Yeah." And then I called my travel agent right in front of them, and I made the appointment. They're like, bah. "We went back and forth," and they're like, "Yeah, somebody can pick me up." And then the next thing you know, I'm at the distillery the following week, uh-huh. and I'm touring the place, and and there it is. Uh, for me, the sign was there was this bottle on the you know off to the side, and it said Aguila, mm-hmm. Aguila Real. And I have an association with Aguila Real. I, I've since I was about maybe twenty eight, twenty nine years old, I've always worn an eagle on my body. Huh. Um, and then this is a tangent, but the eagle for me represents so much um, with regards because. Uh, uh, it was a conversation, you know, when we're 28 years old, 27, you know, when we're young, you know, everybody has that time where it happens and they fall in love. And, mm-hmm. and um, well, it so happened that I had, you know, I, I was seeing somebody, it didn't work out, and I was depressed. And it was about, I was about maybe two, three months into the depression, and my mom walks in and says, you know, you're going to lose your truck, they're going to take your truck, you got to start working. And I was like, they can take it, they can have it. Um, so I was in a, I was pretty, I was in a bad place, but one morning she, one afternoon actually, maybe about one o'clock, she walks in and she says, you know, I, I read something that reminded me of you. And I was, uh, I was like, okay, you know, you just woke me up. It's one in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) One in the afternoon. (laughs) No, no 28 year old has any business sleeping in one afternoon. They're not working all night. And, um. And so she walks in the room and she says, I just, want to, I just want to share this with you and then you can go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that ah, sounds like a fair deal, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I sit up on my bed and, and she says, uh, I don't know, do your listeners speak Spanish? Or is, yeah. Is that, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and if not, they, they could find somebody. They can find somebody. So, so in Espanol me lo dijo, me lo dijo, este, vi algo y leí algo que me recordó. Me hizo pensar en ti y te, y te lo quería compartir. And I was like, oh, okay, sí, está bien. Este, te lo quiero compartir. Llegó este señor a una, una hacienda. Llegó a una hacienda y uh, fue el invitado a ver la hacienda y el hacendado le empezó a enseñar su ganado, le empezó a hacer sus caballos, le empezó a enseñar su caballo, su caballeriza. Y en eso pasó una escuela de patos. Pasó una escuela de patos. Y en uno de esos patos, el, el, el invitado le, le dijo al hacendado, le dijo, ese no es pato. Y el hacendado le dice, come como pato, nada como pato, come como pato, habla como pato, es un pato. Y le dice el señor, ahorita se lo voy a comprobar. Tomó el pato por la mano, se subió a la caballeriza al segundo piso, lo aventó por la ventana, azotó el pato, ya mero se moría. Y... <risa> Y el, el hacendado le dice, ¿qué hubo? Te dije que era pato. Ahorita se lo voy a comprobar. Levantó el pobre pato que ya lo había aventado del segundo piso. Se lo llevó a una barranca. En esa barranca lo aventó otra vez. Se lo volvió a, 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 a aventar sobre el barranco. 
Y ese pato abrió las alas y era águila. Y me, se me dio, me, mi madre me dio, me dio en los ojos plenamente y me dijo, me recuerda a ti porque eres águila, pero te estás comportando como pato. Y jamás, jamás este, me levanté ese día y jamás me ha sentado. Y por eso yo este, tengo una relación con la águila, águila real, tan profunda, porque yo siempre cuando paso momentos difíciles o uh, momentos cuando no me siento capaz, este, me recuerdo que soy águila y no soy pato. Y cuando fui a la hacienda, cuando fui a la, a la destelería y vi águila real, y les pregunté, ¿están utilizando esa marca? No la registramos, pero sí, déjame hablar con mi padre y, y puede ser tu marca. Regresaron, me dijeron, sí, dijo, dijo, dijo mi padre que no hay problema, este, puede ser tu marca y, y adelante. Sí. Y por eso yo dije, las cosas suceden por razón. So, en cierta forma, el Águila Real siempre era para mí. No ¿Ya? sé si crea tanta, tanto en el destino, But uh, for whatever, for whatever the case may be, um, you know, it was it was almost destined because I had such a strong relationship with Aguila Real and the Eagle um, that then I then it, I you know I just I walked through the distillery. This place is real. Mm -hmm. I came back and then started the process, trademark process, and you know, design process. Like I was off and running. Wow, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, Dude, and then, what if your mom just had a dream about just ducks? It could have just been like, let's go to Chinatown and get some ducks. It could have been el pato. Unfortunately, that's already been taken. It really could have. Foods. <laughs> All right. Maybe not. But yeah, yeah but, definitely. Yeah, but it, and I felt like it was destined, and I felt like I had... Um, you know, I, I just... I had... Like, I felt like it was destined. Like, I felt like I was on a path. I felt like... Uh, suddenly, I had purpose. Because so, so many of us, I think, and, and I, was, I was in that rut as well. I mean, I worked for other folks, and, you know, I worked on, I represented folks. And not that it wasn't fulfilling, but it wasn't purpose. Right. It wasn't purpose. And so the next seven years of trying to get the trademark, it took me three years to get the trademark, because it was really difficult. So I had to really turn it into a Escudo Aguila Real. And the, the crazy thing is it's six, I knew it was going to pass or get accepted by the examiner from the trademark office because uh -huh. it was 16 letters. Yeah. Escudo Aguila Real is 16 letters. So I have a relationship with 16. Oh, like Miguel D. de los Rios, which is my middle initial, Los Dias, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, is 16 letters. You know, I was born on 916. Uh, my address was 916 Breed. So just uh, the, the just continuity kinda, yeah, of even the Even my numbers. trademark, my trademark... Um, Number, if you add up all the numbers, it adds up to 16. So it was almost like it was destined. Uh -huh. It was destined. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's hard to even argue against, right? Because, you know, considering even your mom yeah, I was committed to the cause. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I was committed to the cause, and I was like, this is for me. Yeah. I just have to see it through. And it's phenomenal that you stumbled upon one of the best distilleries yes. in Los Altos because, um, you know, they're no, recognized. Gnome yeah. 1414. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, a, they're but when I would just so you know when I stumbled on, which was in 2007, right? Uh, nobody, very few, nobody knew. Very few people knew who they were. Um, but let me tell you something. The, the the Vivanco family are are great people. Don Feliciano Vivanco, uh, just a real gentleman. Uh, un hombre, un hombre muy cabal. Uh, uh, just a. Just a, an exceptional human being, and his and his sons are, are are good men. So I was very, I felt very fortunate to have met them and have the opportunity to, to work with them. 
Dang, and then that's probably what they saw in you, and it's and yeah, you know, I know, the it was continuity a blessing of their uh, of, of their family out yes. here. And they're just good people. They're just yeah. good, 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 down to earth people, uh, salt of the earth. Yeah. You know, kind of like I walk the walk, and you know, I you know, I do what I say. Like my yeah, it's just they're they're good people, and uh, we all hope to to do be in business with people like that. And that's the most interesting part of this whole thing, because, uh, well, yeah, man, about a year ago, I had um, Salvador Chavez. He's the one that, you know, sells Grand Ovejo, right. which is one of their brands and right, stuff right, right. like that. Good guy. Uh, yeah, he was on the podcast and got me smashed off of everything from Puente Internacional, you know? Yeah. Um, he has really good stuff, and he, and he designs his stuff as well, just like I do. I yeah, mean, yeah. His, 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 the taste of his, his brand and his profile, and, and so do I. Yeah, definitely. And then... It, it was interesting to see that, and I've tried, you know, Artenom, you know, fourteen fourteen, mm-hmm. which is I mean, an example of how it's good they stuff. do things. And 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 now I see it's like the same, right? Boom, 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 the same, same thread, yeah, same thread. You know, same and folks, you, you yeah. guys are coming out with, uh, you know, there's there's a renaissance of tequila going on right now. There is never, I think, in never in a time, any time in history, that there's been such um, great products on on you know available that are tequila that are just everybody is going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Everybody is is um, uh, you know they're going back to the traditional ways because they're tra- you know how they make things at fourteen fourteen um, is very traditional. Yeah, you know we, yeah. they bake everything is is you know old school, mm-hmm. and I love that. Uh, a lot of the newer brands, you know, a lot of the newer brands are you know they kind of. Well, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, they, there's additives and whatnot and coloring and whatnot. But um, I'm very happy to be associated with 1414. Yeah, definitely. We, you know, before we started talking, you, you know, we're talking about marketing and, and you know, mm-hmm. there is the Patrons of the world. The, the, the God bless them. God bless them. The, the Patrons of the world. That's the Salsas. Big marketing like, budgets. Yeah. 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 But, you know, at the same time that those giant companies are collecting four-year-old piñas and stuff and and and, just, and harvesting them before they're ripe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, using giant diffusers and stuff like that. Yep. Um, you also have a bunch of companies that are doing it the other way yeah. that are, you know, you have Siembra Valles that's yes. you know, the ancestral and stuff down at, you know, Yeah, no, 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 there's a there's a lot of us that are doing um, you know, that are baking the tequila, doing yeah. everything. And, and and tequila is really time. It, it's <laughs> time. Um, in my opinion, it's time, uh, passion, and uh, y compromiso en español o sea es ese tiempo pasión y compromiso y compromiso con la vida compromiso con tu producto compromiso con tu persona right. uh, compromiso con tu palabra and, yeah. a lo mejor lo vamos a hacer completamente en español ¿verdad? Como gustes, Para, yeah. como es que pues, aquí estamos hablando de tequila es muy difícil no hablar es, el es idioma es difícil como que pero uh, alienate like I don't know how many people no no, and no, no I think no. a lot of them I think some of them speak Spanish. I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird dynamic, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, we're I, we're very blessed. I mean, I I didn't speak English till I was five years old when I went to grade school. I went to Lorena Street School, and okay. that's when I learned English. Dude, I was in. You I know, was in I was ESL, in ESL. I was in ESL. fourth grade over. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel yeah. I was in ESL, so I yeah. I mean, I had uncles that were born here on my dad's side, and I did grow up with some English, but uh-huh. for the most part, I mean, we always spoke. Until this day, I always speak. I speak Spanish. Now. Oh yeah. Yeah, with my yeah. family, and I'm completely comfortable. And I'm—you have so, to know that I moved in—I moved to Guadalajara for four years when I started this project. Wow! Yeah, I moved out there and lived out there. I had heard that. I had heard right. that, like when you wanted to kind of get this thing started, mm-hmm. you went down there and just started. And I you lived know, it. Yeah, I lived it. What was that like? It was 
Where, where did you live in Guadalajara? I lived with a cousin of mine, oh, uh, Sandra, Sandra Partida de los Rios. Este, <laughs> and I'm going to be infinitely grateful because I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it any other way. Yeah, she says I couldn't horrible afford, things about well, like, you living there. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but I couldn't have, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to afford uh, to pay rent out there because I just, my, I was, my budget was extremely tight. Um, I wouldn't have been able to stay in a hotel. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. You know, I, I, I've been very blessed with the support of a whole lot of folks that, um, you know, family that believed in me mm -hmm. and they, they, they helped me, that really helped me. I, I am, no man is an island and I'm a perfect example of that. I am the definition of no man is an island because yeah. um, this brand, this brand would not exist uh, without the help of a whole lot of folks. Uh, um, my brand is a, my brand is, is a miracle. Like yeah. Aguila Real is a miracle. It, it yeah. is... It is. It is. It is. It exists for. Uh, it's a miracle in the sense that it was sheer will on my part, but then the support of so many people. Yeah, you know, right, in, down the, right down to the vendors, right down to the people that make my bottle caps, right down to the people that that put it on their shelf. Like these people believed in me, and uh, I will always be uh, infinitely grateful to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you, when you go and, and embark on something like this, you right. end up realizing how you know how much support you really have. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I see that with a lot of people. You know, with Salvador Chavez, right. with His stuff and and how much support he gets, and just a lot of people that start their own thing. It shows. It shows. It shows. And then sometimes, um, and and for, for your listeners out there, not you will get help or you'll get support from the from places that you wouldn't even imagine you're going to get uh -huh. support. And then in some cases, you're not going to get support yeah. for places where you imagine you would get all the support. Right. So you have to be ready for... <sighs> some tough realities. Yeah, right? some, yeah, it's a reality check. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I, I read something a long time ago that says, if you, if you ever want to find out who your friends are, start a business. And it's Definitely. absolutely true. Yeah. It is absolutely true. Because... Um, a lot of most, most folks, including your family, and if you start a business out there, anybody who's looking and interested in, in starting a business, um, you just can't assume that your family or people that are close to you are going to support you because um, then you're going to fall. You're going right. to shatter because uh, you just can't have those kind of expectations. Right. Uh, because the minute you start having those expectations, then then you're like, you're going to just stand there alone and you're going to be, you know. And a lot of people play the wait and see. Even friends, friends of yours, family, they'll do the, I wonder if he's going to survive. And they just let you kind of like, uh, just imagine you in the middle of a pool kind of like paddling and, yeah. and they'll say, let's see if he survives. Let's see if he makes it to the edge of the pool. Right. And they just, everybody's kind of sitting and waiting, waiting for you to, to go down. And I don't know if anybody's going to jump in, but I don't think so. So you've got to be that guy that's just treading water And just say, you know what? I am alone in this, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive. Yeah. And that's what you do. And that's the only way you will survive. Because if you expect anything from anybody, you will drown. I'm going to, uh, of course, the answer is going to be, of course. Mm -hmm. But how does it feel different from selling Remy Martin to selling your own? Oh, brand? God. Uh, Remy Martin. Well, the thing is, is um, I mean, no, no, nothing against Remy no, Martin. No, no, Remy Martin. I'm nothing but great for Personally, Remy Martin. Personally, I hate yeah. cognac of any kind. I'm no, not a cognac yeah, and I used to, I was, I used to drink it, but um, it's very different because I, I am not partial to cognac in the taste, and it's a little, it's an acquired taste. It is, it is. And, uh, you know, it was a job. It was a job like many of us out there. We, we have a job, and, yeah. and, and the way I saw it is when they gave me the opportunity to work for them, I was so grateful. Oh, so dude. I was... I was like, you know, I'm a kid from Bull Heights making some amazing money, um, traveling all over the country, uh 
uh, meeting all these, uh, producing events, uh, putting things together that I never imagined I would be. Um, I was living the dream. You know, I had a penthouse in, in downtown and Damn. driving a luxury German convertible vehicle. I'm not going to yeah, say what it was, but it, I was living a dream. You know, I was kind of, you know, I'm a kid from Bullheights. I'm a kid that never imagined. I mean, I always imagined I was going to do well, but it was happening. Yeah. Like, it was my reality. I was, I was doing well, you know. And uh, I will always be grateful to Remy. Remy was a great company. They were wonderful people. I turn, I, you can't imagine how much I learned. Mm-hmm. So all those experiences, I think a lot of people go in the spirits industry not having it. I had the fortune of you know spending nine years with Remy Martin and learning the industry and the ins and outs and meeting a lot of folks um, and some you know and, and just getting some insight into the business. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. I never knew what I wanted to do before. No. I mean, I represented artists and record. I mean, but I mean. At one point, I just felt like an overpaid babysitter. <laughs> really? Yeah, that, no, yeah. no, it's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there I've was some guys who, you know, they're, they're, you know, some, you know, got to, it's just bad, yeah, but sometimes yeah. I felt that way. And that's not a calling. No, that's I, not I don't a calling. believe that's not a calling. <laughs> yeah, I have a cousin who does it for, like, some, some one singer guy, uh, and it's just, he's like, man, I got to go get him weed at, like, two in the morning. <laughs> I go pick him up at the airport. Because that's all it is. I'm like, that's, that's, that's my day. But yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's uh, you make a living. It's yeah. a living, and um, and, and, and I was lucky in the sense that a lot of people that I worked for, I really um, I liked them. I liked who they were. You know, I had uh, I worked for Oscar De La Hoya at one point, Golden Boy. That's awesome. And uh, you know, Oscar's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a class act. He's a gentleman. Uh, he's just a good person. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed working for Golden Boy. Uh, I worked for Vicente Fernandez. I worked for Alejandro. I worked for uh, Juan Gabriel Alberto. I worked for all these these great people, and they were all nice, kind, and good people. Man. Hey, and what happened? Like, dude, you unapologetically wear a sombrero everywhere you everywhere. go. I wear it. And it's, and it's freaking, and it fits. It fits yeah. you perfect. Like, <laughs> I, if I started doing it, you know, I'd be like, ah, oh, well, you, you, got, you got vans on, bro. <laughs> like, it doesn't work, right? I don't know. But it, can, I think you can pull it off. I might be able to pull it off. Like, I only do it, but it's it's crazy. You could pull it off. Um, rock it. It, it really is. It, it, for me, was it the I four think, years? Well, the thing is, is, I have I have an interesting look, and you know, I traveled all over the country, and I remember running into folks, and they would kind of all like kind of like stare at me and say, you know, what are you? Uh-huh. And I'd always have to. I hate. To, I almost almost it almost bothered me that I had to tell them, yeah, I'm Mexican. Uh-huh. And then they would, the second thing would be, are, are you mixed? And oh, I'm like, yeah. no, like, mixed I'm just Mexican. Uh, yeah. Like they almost wanted to hear, oh, you're Spanish, or you, yeah. want, you know, they want to hear that you're, they want to hear your, you know, your ancestry. dot com. You know, I'm like, no, just I'm just Mexican. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. We call we come in all shapes and colors and sizes. Curly hair, straight hair, blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes. Uh huh. And so, and for me, I, I, my, you know, my uncles wore hats. Um, my grandfather, my great grandfather wore tejanas. Mm-hmm. And at one point, it was. It was an homage to to my to my uncles. It was an homage to kind of. Um, I am proud to be Mexican. I am proud. Like I, when I walk through that door, there isn't a person in that room that doesn't know I'm Mexican. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah. And I wear it. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I wear the fact that I'm Mexican on my sleeve. I'm Mexican American. I have dual citizenship as well. Um, so I, I wear it on that, my sleeve. I need that dual, man. I need that dual. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it no. It saves no. you so much more money, uh, so much more time going <laughs> well, through you know, Mexico. On, on passports, on, yeah. on visas and whatnot, it'll save you some money. Yeah. But beyond that, it is, um, yo soy mexicano de fortuna. Yo, este, 
Eh, yo, yo despierto todos los días diciendo, le doy gracias a Dios que yo soy mexicano. And I, I want I want everybody to feel that way. Yeah. I want everybody that has Mexican blood coursing through their veins to feel that, that pride y ese orgullo de ser mexicanos. Que somos tan afortunados de ser mexicanos. That's true, man. That's true. We are literally lucky. Every, every place I've been, I, I always say I'm Mexican before, you know, from yeah. the States or whatever. Right. Yeah, Cuba, same thing. They love you. Oh, They yeah. love you if you yeah, go to yeah. Cuba. You go oh, to yeah, yeah, I, I got that. I got that. I got that. Oh, parece, sales una novela. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, no. <laughs> But, no, I'm not. Because they think all Mexicans are in novelas. Oh, Because that's their, you know, they see. Hey, man, I, I'd start signing some signatures. And just <laughs> be like, yeah, maybe I am. Here you go. Oh, I think I took some pictures. Then. But I emphatically denied I am not an actor. You're not? Yeah, it's funny. Dude, yeah, yeah. You walked out here. I was like, man, maybe. Maybe he is. Yeah? Rosa de Guadalupe? A couple episodes? I feel like my cousin's been there. Not you know? Oh, but we, uh, you know, my mom watches that, so. Oh, everybody watches that. I don't even, yeah, it's, it's just on so often that it's like, uh, man. It's, it's good stuff. It's, you know, and, and those, those stories resonate with a lot of folks because they happen. Yeah, the, the, the acting, TV, though. Yeah. Just the acting. I've never really gotten through <laughs> with the acting. Yeah, Abujetas huh. de Color de Rosa. That was like that's it. Wow. I, ever since then, it's just been a deep dive out of the out of the novelas. My mom watches. I'm telling. Yeah, you. man. Yeah, you gotta. Well, <laughs> I wanted to ask you more sure. about like the uh, here in LA. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the brand? Where's the brand now? Where, where you know what? We're 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 still local. We're still in. Uh, we're in about two, maybe it's about 300 places. Uh, you know, bars and offsite, off premise, on premise. But we're looking to grow. We're looking to grow. Um, some exciting things are happening. They mm-hmm. haven't materialized just yet, but I'm working on some, some pretty big things, and we're, okay. we're, we're looking um, to go on with one of the major national distributors and, and, and grow as big as we possibly can. And um, we, have a, we have a great following. And the thing is, is I make great tequila. We, like, you know, the Vivancos and myself, um, we worked on this together, and it took me a couple of years to design the profile, but yeah. our plata is an amazing product. It really is truly delicious. Um, when, we, when we came up with it, when we, you know, because it, it, it's not like cooking. It's not something, you know, it's, it's a very involved process, yeah. you know. And um, when we came up with the recipe, I am so proud of it. And like I walk into accounts and I kind of, I look at them and I say, you know, just try it. You know, in, in many cases, uh, a friend of mine calls it, and this is all about it because I just walk in a place and I'll just say, you know, it'll take you two minutes to taste it and I'll leave. That'll work. And they taste it and they kind of look at me. They look at the bottom. They're like, just, you know, give me yeah. a case. Just bring it in. Yeah. Put it on the shelf. And, it's, and it's worked. Um, you know, I don't have $30 million a year to spend on marketing. So I really put a great deal of effort into the packaging. Yeah. And the packaging, I believe, is one of the best packages out there for Oh, man, it stands out. It's, it's, right. a, it's a clear bottle. It's got a giant metal icon on quality it. glass. Oh, um, you know, a jeweler makes our eagle, or makes our bottle cap. A jeweler makes the... Yeah, really? yeah even, the, even the neck label. There's no stickers on it, so all the, all the designs are baked on the glass. So there's no stickers on it. The neck label is a sticker, but that even that is uh, it's called a sculpted die, so that you can actually feel every feather on the design. Really? So it's a sculpted design. Yeah, it's a sculpted die, and everything has been meticulous. Everything I did was, I was absolutely meticulous about every design feature. Even the, if you look at the back, when you turn it over, it has a greca on the shield. El escudo, right? Uh-huh. 
the escudo has uh, the greca is actually uh, Quetzalcoatl, which is there's three stairs, like there's a there's a, it almost looks like a stairs, and that represents the eagle's wing, and the S represents a serpent. So if you did not speak English or Spanish, and you looked at it, and the shield on the perimeter, it's the eagle and the serpent. Mm-hmm. So in Mexica, uh, yeah. So everything was designed with a great deal, and it was an homage too, because a lot of people kind of lose sight of the fact that I mean. The Spanish brought distilling, the distilling process, which is what tequila is. But what people don't know is that the Mexica and, you know, the Mexican, the Mayans, they drank, a, you know, a, a, a variation, yeah. a variation of it, which was fermented. Mm-hmm. And that's when it was first consumed as an alcoholic beverage. And it was the, it was the fruit of the gods. It was the juice of the gods. Yeah. And only, only the elders and, you know, the, the living gods got to partake of it. Right. And Have you so, heard of the accounts of people talking about um, explorers, Spanish explorers coming over and seeing them drink distilled spirits, like a clear? Well, it wasn't uh, distilled. It was fermented because they didn't but have the they, process. But they did, supposedely. Really? In, like throughout Colima. They, they've, they really, like also, the they already... Archaeological. Uh, proven that you know they we already had the distilling they, may, they may have had like a form of it through clay pots because that's how they did frijoles or something. Well, that's new to me, but you know I, I know man. There's I, like um, archaeologists that are looking at. Pits well, let me Colima. tell you something. I, I'm going to do a little more research on that, and I hope yeah. that's the case. Because, I'll send you some links. I, yeah, because I, 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 I want to believe that. I want to believe yeah, me that. Me too. Me too. Because um, then they got we like, were just we wait tequila, you know, long before they they cross the uh, right. Right. Ocean. That was always the argument, you know. You got your Filipina style right, freaking, right, right. Uh, dis, you know, distillery from you know from the Philippines, and then you got the the Arabe one right. that came later. But like supposedly, that's how it was done in clay pots. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, for all intended purposes, say say they didn't do it in clay pots, but right. they bought the distilling process. But for yeah. me, that's really when it blew yeah, up. Yeah, like for me, when I think of Aguila Real, I think of all Mexicans, and when I say yeah. you know we come in all shapes and sizes Definitely. and colors. I really believe that. And and what I want I want to partake, I think, to everybody is like for instance, when I saw myself like I, I really saw myself as an ambassador, I sell like I happened, like I sell the Gila and I sell like an amazing product. But what I really want to be able to put out there and share is um, Mexican folklore. Yeah. Like, you know, el, el mismo orgullo que yo tengo por ser mexicano, se los quiero compartir al mundo. And that's what I want to do. Like the, that's why it was so critical, the eagle. The eagle has 16 feathers on each side, nine on the tail, September 16th. Happens to be my birthday, but that's a coincidence. <laughs> really? You know, the, the, the head has 13 feathers, 25 designs as a serpent. 1325 is the year that the Mexica founded Mexico City because they were looking for the eagle, yeah. eating the serpent. So there's a, it's a very Mexican eagle. It's a very Mexican design. Um, and... I, I just, we, like I said, like, we are an amalgamation of two, you know, races. I mean, we're, we're, we're indigenous, mm-hmm. but we're also European as well. And we should all wear it on our sleeves. We should embrace it. We should celebrate it. Yeah, I think we should celebrate our differences. Um, like the advent of Roma and um, this actress uh, getting so much attention yeah, and the Lisa. fact that she was on Vogue was... Yeah was so amazing to me. It was such a validation of where it should be. And beauty, beauty 
can be interpreted in so many ways. It, it's oh, it's so subjective. Like I think she's beautiful, beautiful. dude. Yeah. That's why that's why my wife won't let me go to Oaxaca. She's yeah. Like I'm forbidden. You know, she's dark as hell. That's why I married her. Yeah, you know? like, um, like I, we went to Cancun, and I was like, you need to get darker. Be- <laughs> beauty <laughs> is very subjective, but beauty yeah. is um, it's universal. Um, there is beauty in every human being. Yeah, definitely. There is there's beauty in every human being, in each and every one of us. Um, but our differences, well, I believe, well, should be there celebrated. Are, yeah, there are some ugly people. Let's not say that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some people. But if you spoke to my mom, she'd probably find, oh, God, yeah. Pero le viste las, los, las manos. Que bonitas manos. Oh, tenía. okay. So well, my mom is know, one of those folks. That you would find something pretty She's very nice. Yeah, I could she tell she's very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But definitely, there's there's that's the beautiful thing. And I didn't really know that about, you know, Mexico until right. much later in my life. You know, the, you know, tacos árabes and, and the influence. Right. Of, the influence you know, is many cultures because, I mean, Mexico is. They'll know, take everybody. They take everybody and then they become Mexican, which is so weird. Right? I heard all these stories. I heard, you know, like the agua de arroz and, you know, horchata that it came from China. I heard all these variations. But I said, you know what? Tacos de alabada. And they're like, no, it came from somewhere else. But we've adopted and made it our own. And that's the perfect food. Tacos de alabada. Pineapple. That's hard to beat, dude. That's hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you only need one trip to go to Tecate and see that there's, you know, there's yes, Chinese the Chinese people. The best there, Chinese you know? food on the planet is that they got the yeah, people so do well, not know. Supposedly no, <laughs> but that's what they say. But yeah, I mean, I've been out there and I've had Chinese food. Yeah, out there. and it's bomb. I was, it was blown away. God, man, Eddie Wong went down there and he was just trashing it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe I'm not that critical, and yeah. I just thought it just tasted good. Dude, that's me but too. I mean, I'm I'm sure it has like uh, Mexican influence or you know ingredients and whatnot. So it's but a twist. It's got to be a twist. Yeah. You know, you know, you have uh, you know Mexican sushi. You know, I can cook Thai food. I can cook Thai food, but I put okay. a, a Mexican twist on it. Okay, yeah. all right. So. There's a thing. Um, what is it like? Uh, my girl's uncle mm-hmm. works at a fancy restaurant, and he makes right. like some kind of fettuccine Alfredo that tastes amazing, but. They always put tapatio on it, which is like a weird tradition. And no, like, tapatio makes everything taste that's better. That's what they say. And Shout I'm out like, to the, to the Saavedra knocks, family. Yeah. I love him to death. <laughs> he uh, knocks it Luis out. Saavedra he knocks it family. out. Like it's so, it tastes like a freaking restaurant Alfredo. And, and, just, and the, the secret ingredient is tapatio. Tapatio, man. It's, I believe I'm it. like, oh, man, every well, single time. I, I, um, I, hate to, I hate to say this, but I go to uh-huh. um, California Pizza Kitchen, and they have a tequila pasta, and I put tapatio on it. Unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Huh. I used to Dang. do takeout because I used to live down the street. That's And I used to bring that home and I used to just put some tapatio on it and it's over. Like there's no rules. There's no mm-hmm. rules when it comes to food. There's no rules. You um, you know, but I love all kinds of foods. I mean, yeah. I love Mediterranean food, Chinese food, Japanese yeah. food. Uh, I love it all. Yeah, but just as an example, right? Yeah. Just to show that the diversity of that, which right. is Mexico. I think we should like celebrate that. the diversity, yeah. you know, the, how we look, uh, our different foods, our different cultures. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be, uh, without yeah. doubt. Yeah, though I've always said that Mexicans are like the Irish. They hate everybody. <laughs> and they also hate other Irish people. Like, if they're from Belfast and you're from Dublin, they There's hate you. There's definitely a, a like, Mexican contingency that hates everybody, yes. And even if you're from the same city, if you go for a different soccer team, it's like, oh, Cruz Azul, we hate you. You know? <laughs> it just, I never got that. I never got it either. I, I think they should that. live out here. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I was one of those kids that got blessed when I was a kid. Huh. I, I went to uh, Parvier Junior High School in, in Brentwood. When I was oh, uh, twelve no years old, so I I got a little sh- culture shock. What was that like? It was it was was it was it good? I, I, it was a good thing. It was it was a great experience. Uh, I met some great people. Um, I got exposed to a whole lot you to know, a different I, world. And different world. Different. I mean, I remember coming home and I told my mom we were bro- we were poor and she was pissed. Estás pendejo. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, she was pissed that I said that, but you know, because I, I saw people how they lived and they had these amazing, beautiful homes. But more importantly, I got to it. I acclimated. I acclimated. I made a whole lot of friends. And what it is is, I was I was competitive academically, okay. and and that's when I figured out that I could do anything. Yeah. Like if I can do well in school here and competing with. With everybody, I can mm-hmm. do well at anything. Yeah. So when I brought out the tequila, I was never intimidated by the patrons or the Julios of the world because I knew that I could compete. Because at the end of the day, it's it's just a man. It's mm-hmm. a man behind the brand, and I'm a man too. Dude. And I'm very capable, and uh, and I work hard. Yeah. So if you're gonna beat me, you're gonna have to outwork me. Yeah. Bring up, bring up, you know, bring a lunch pail. Because yeah, I'm, gonna... I'm, I'm a worker. I'm a worker. I'm a worker. I'm Mexican. I'm a worker. It, it's weird how that actually does play a part in it, you know? It really does. The fact that it's just... I'm a worker. I'll, I'll do whatever I'll, it takes. I will... I'll work everybody else. I will outwork you. Like, yeah. I'll bring a lunch pail. I, I will outwork you. Meanwhile, they'll bring up a Korean guy. You're like, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I will right outwork up. you. I'll work yeah, out. Dude, you know, Koreans And, and the work. thing is, I think in the Mexican culture, the worst thing to be called is a huevon. Yeah. You know, it, to be true. called lazy is the is the worst thing How did that stereotype happen, right? I don't know, you, but I know that, like, if that if you're... Somebody wants to insult a Mexican, just call him lazy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Well, this Mexican, at the very least. I remember, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I would take insult to that. But I'm a worker, and so I always felt that when I launched my brand, I was like, you know, even if I just make enough to make a living, this is a dream, and I'm living my dream. I am very blessed to be able to call myself a tequilero in that sense and and to do what I do. Yeah. I wake up every morning, and I get, I get to... I'm living it. I am. I am living. I. I don't. You know. I don't work for anybody. I mean, I work for my. my you know. My whoever. My consumer. And, and you know. My, yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm doing what I want, and I'm infinitely happier now than I was at anything I ever did in my life before. But it was the hardest thing to do. It was the hardest thing to get off the ground. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Launching I, this brand was wow. And that's one common thread that that people I think could take away from a lot of the conversations I've had on this podcast with people, you know, we have a mutual friend and, you know, right. Julio Trejo with yes. the, uh, Cerveceria Mundial and stuff. And he's doing it the same way. He's putting in so much work and getting the name out there. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I think when, when I came out and he was just like, kind of like he, I mean, I remember when we spoke, uh, after a while and he's like, you're doing it. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he was just, uh, he was like, I'm <laughs> launching sweat. a beer. And I said, and I, I, I remember that conversation when he asked me, when he told me, he goes, you know what? I'm going to launch a beer. And I'm like, yeah. do it. You can do this. Yeah. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah. And I go, you can do it. If I could do it, anybody can do it. And I really, when I look, when he brought up the, the possibility of starting his own brand, mm-hmm. I said, you can do this. It's going to be, and I looked at right in the eyes. I said, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And you are going to go some things that are not. They're not going to feel good, oh, but, but you can do this. Yeah. Just know that you can do it. I did it. You can do it. And I hope there's some people out there that, that uh, maybe they wa- if they walk away with nothing else, is that anything is possible. But what they have to understand is they got to be prepared to like, fall and get back up. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, it, it's possible. I mean, I've been at it. It's going to be. Five years in January. I'm six months away from being five years on the market on the shelves, and nobody thought I was going to survive. And, and I'm out there, and I'm only going to get bigger. I'm only going to get bigger. This is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And but people have to be committed. People say 100 percent. No, it's 110 percent, even more so. But yeah. you've got to be prepared to. 
you've got to be prepared to to deal with the falls and the failures. And they're not really failures. You everything you have to learn, you have to look at everything that happens as a lesson. Mm-hmm. And there's a solution to everything. Yeah. There is a solution to everything. And the minute you change your mindset, becoming as nobody teaches you how to become a CEO. Nobody teaches you how to manage stress. You can only do it. So if you can it's a win-win situation even if even if you like say you know what? I, I don't think there's, you can't fail. If you don't stop, if you persist, you cannot fail. Yeah. Like, no, the only person, and the thing is, is you got to turn into that person. You know, somebody shared with something, like a month before I launched, somebody shared something with me. I was in line at, of all places, at a Cuban restaurant called La Tropicana. A woman looked huh. behind, and I was wearing a, an Eagle logo on my sweater, and I was buying some pastries for. Uh, the holidays, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Oh, I love your your logo." She goes, "What's that logo?" I go, "It's my tequila company. It's not out yet. It will be out at the end of the month." And she goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, and then I said, "It's not out yet, but you know, it'll be out in in January, we hope." And then she looks at me and she says, "It's a tequila." She goes, "It's a tequila," and I said, "Yes." And then, um, and she says, "Are it? It's not out yet. You started this. You're going to do it." And she says, "I said yes, yes, yes." She goes, that, that logo reminded me of a story that I read. And it's called, uh, uh, the book is called La Busqueda. Mm. And I ended up buying it. But she shared a, a, a small, a paragraph or a story in that book. And she said, uh, you know, she started asking. She goes, well, we're from Guadalajara. We're from Jalisco. We own some property out there. We have some agave. And we always thought of, like, launching a brand. And I looked at her and I said, you can do it. I go, I didn't even have that. I mean, I started from <laughs> yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, with no idea how I was going to go about it. I was very fortunate to meet people that kind of helped me through the process. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. I mean, it's possible. And then she looked at me and she smiled. She goes, you know, I, I read something in, and it reminded me of what you just said. And I said, what's the story? I was curious. And she said, había una águila que llegó a una parva de águilas. You know, it was a hilltop and it was full of eagles. And this eagle kind of stumbled on this mountaintop full of eagles. But at the very peak, there was one eagle, which was the eagle among eagles. It was the eagle. Um, it was a leader. And he kind of stands there, and that eagle is there. It's perched there, and he's, like, looking in awe, and he's like... And, of course, he was wondering, like, how did that eagle become the eagle? Mm-hmm. And there was eagles adjacent to him, and he kind of... I think he said it out loud, and the eagle next to him was like, you don't know? Everybody knows. And he's like, what do you mean everybody knows? Everybody knows how he became the eagle? And the eagle on the side of him says, yes. Everybody kind of shook their head. Everybody knows how he became the eagle. And he goes, I want to know how he became the eagle. <laughs> the eagle looks at him and says, he's deaf. Nobody ever told him he couldn't be the eagle. So he never listened to anybody tell him he couldn't That's be. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, you That's know, I for all your listeners that. out there, yeah. you got to be deaf. Yeah. You can't let anybody's... Um, whether positive or negative, you can't let anything interfere with your vision and your focus and where you want to go. Because the minute you you start taking that in, then you'll be a mess. You'll just let it matter, and you can't let it matter. You just got to be deaf, and you got to walk through it like, I have a vision, I have a purpose, I have something that I want to accomplish, I have purpose. Mm-hmm. And you got to be deaf on, on your journey, and you just got to focus. Fuck, man. Yeah, I feel like running now. <laughs> like, like I'm very blessed. I mean, in all these yeah. situations, all these things have been so random in my life. And yeah. I needed to hear that at that particular moment. And I'm so blessed to that person that said it. I can't even remember her name or what she wow. looked like. 
But all I can say is that I'm infinitely grateful for that, 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 that push, that yeah. grain of salt, that jewel, that, you know, yeah. that pearl that she gave me that I carry with my pocket every day. Yeah, that gem that just dropped, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the middle of the And I'm sharing that stuff. with everybody, you know. You've got to be deaf. Definitely. That eagle never was told that he couldn't be the eagle among mm-hmm. eagles. So he did it. It, it, it's real true. There's something about you know going out and trying something, failing, and just yeah. continuing to go. And just but go. you 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 know you gotta you gotta be ready. You almost got to uh, accept the notion or accept the fact that you are going to fall, right? And that you're going to make some mistakes. Um, but you gotta have to. But everything is a learning lesson. Is that yeah. that's some that's just that's a, that's not you're not going to stumble on that rock anymore uh-huh. or on that step. That's where it becomes critical. Like you need to use everything as a learning curve and, and just grow and grow and grow. And every that's why when you try, you never fail because it's all lessons that are going to help you in your next journey or an additional journey. You don't know where those lessons are going to help you. So I don't believe in failure. I don't believe in falling down. I believe in I just had a whole lot of lessons. Yeah. Yeah, you learn from that. Yeah, definitely. and every one of those things is a lesson. Relations is in relationships, mistakes you made in relationships, you know, when, as an athlete, mistakes are lessons. That's what mm-hmm. they are. And the minute you get a hold of that idea and concept and embrace it, then that's when you're going you're gonna to really move forward because you just say, now you don't look at them as failures. You look, mm-hmm. you know, to your past is, you know, I've had a whole lot of lessons. I've had a whole lot of teachers. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people will teach you how not to be. Some people will help you and, you know, nurture you and they'll teach you how to be. And then there's going to be those bosses that are going to show you, you know, I don't want to be like that guy. Uh-huh. Why don't I want to be like that woman, that, that boss that I had? So everything's a lesson. Dude, that's a great outlook to have. Yeah. That's a great outlook yeah. to have. And it, and yeah. oh, shit, so intense. <laughs> ah, that's wonderful, man. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Going about, um, I wanted to talk about the whole, um, you know, getting bust out there and how it kind of influenced right. your outlook and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's something about growing up and something that takes you out of your element, right? Yes. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, because in, in, in not really my story, but my wife's story, she grew up in Santa Monica um, at, a, at a really nice house. Right. Because her dad was just like the the caretaker of this this older man right, who right, had a right. beautiful house. And uh, yeah, that's where she grew up. And she went to high, you know, she went to high school at Santa Monica high right she actually went to high school with with you know rest in peace right now uh what is it skaggs the pitcher from the freaking from the angels right 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 and he just passed away just this week and stuff like that but there's always like these really weird experiences yeah i went to, i went to school with uh you know michael deluise dom deluise's son huh, i went see. to with jason simpson oj oj simpson son uh-huh. um i went to school with a bunch of celebrities children and but i just figured out that i mean you know what they're just human like like me and I am, I could compete with anybody. And I really feel that way. So um, I can compete with anybody. I don't see my brand. Yes, my brand is a miracle. Yes, we're small right now. But will it always be small? No. Mm-hmm. We're going to scale. We're going to grow. Um, and it's going to take, you know, we have an amazing product. And we have an amazing product. We have a great packaging. But it is a reason, you know, people give it a chance. It's, it will surprise you. Damn. Definitely. It will surprise you. It is a really an amazing product. I put um, every ounce of my being and passion into creating uh, the taste and the presentation. Um, and I did. I when I when I see my brought, uh, my product or my bottle out there on shelves, it's an expression of the very best I did. It may be you know maybe somebody's interpretation, somebody's different interpretation of what the best is, mm-hmm. but it's the very best I did. Even the taste, even the presentation, even I was meticulous about every detail. So, what influenced the the flavor profile? You know what? I wanted to be agave forward. Uh, uh-huh. It's got an amazing finish. I really focused on the finish. 
Um, and and I wanted it to be I wanted it to be um, you know forward, but I wanted to have personality. Like it has vanilla notes, but at the end of the day, it is the essence of the agave. Yeah, you know it doesn't it doesn't have you know additives like vanilla or you know I didn't add anything. It is pure. Its essence is agave forward, and it is delicious. It is um, it it really is an amazing t- tasting tequila, and that's the only thing I drink. I only drink. Of course, man. <laughs> Absolutely. If you don't have my product, I know I'm not going to shop there. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, dude, I mean, we, we've gotten towards the end of this podcast. Right. I mean, where can people go ahead and find you? Or where, where can they find you know what, Aguilar Real? I mean, we're putting, my website is just getting uh, revamped, but I always send people to like Ramirez. I send them to oh, yeah. Paramount, yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, Tequila Lick. Tequila Ranch in, in Paramount. I always send them to all these places that kind of took me on from the get-go, from the jump, that supported me from the very beginning. So Ramirez was the very first retailer to sell my product. That's that awesome. I grew up a block away. Yeah. The Ramirez family, amazing people, great, great. amazing folks. The mother is just, um, you know, she's just special. Mm-hmm. She's just very endearing. She, she you know, she's just She's just warm yeah, and yep. just good people. And um, I always make, you know, refer them in Boyle Heights. They have a one, two locations in Boyle Heights, one in Pico Rivera, um, you know, Ranch, uh, Amapola. And then there's bars and whatnot. A lot of the bars that have my stuff, you know, okay. Cities. And, you know, that's a staple. Really? Cities has it from the, you know, Oscar took me on and put me on the shelf, you know, right uh-huh. away. Because uh-huh. uh, that's home, like that's that's Boyle Heights, that's yeah. uh, that's East LA. So East LA. I, I have to, I make sure that they always have product. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. I'll point everybody towards uh, yeah, Las the Perlas, website. you know. But I, I always oh, typically Perlas. we're going to be in supermarkets very soon. So I, I believe Vallarta is going to carry us very soon, and Northgate are going to have us very soon. Oh, and then at one point we're going to be with the major retailers, like you know, like the Bevmos of the world and the um, uh, you know Total Wine, Total Wine and more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we're, very soon. We should be uh, knocking on those doors and we're knocking on getting on those shelves. But yeah, we're 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 ready to grow. But for right now, I always direct people to rumors because they were my very first retailer and yeah. they've been supportive and amazing from day one. Beautiful, beautiful. Right. And then we'll go from there, dude. Miguel, thank you for coming on the Absolutely. podcast, man. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it I did, was cool. I, this is my very first podcast, so oh, for real, for real. Yeah. Oh, you're a natural, man. Yeah. You're a natural. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you know, make sure face. to follow him on Instagram. Yes, it's uh, it's Aguilaria at Aguilaria Tequila. Um, and like I said, I, I really hope that anybody out there listening, if they can walk away with one thing, is is um, don't look at the downside. Look at everything that happens as a lesson and then move forward and anything is possible. And be deaf, you know, be that deaf eagle. You know, just focus and, and walk it. Just walk it. Just keep walking it. I'm telling you, man. I feel motivated. It's like I listen to freaking <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk right now. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. All right. That's it for another episode of the Dude From L.A. podcast. Uh, check us out at DudeFromLA.com and uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Peace. <laughs>